Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello and welcome to Bible Truth for Living with Pastor Tim Reynolds, your host. We're in Matthew chapter 1 this morning. Uh, we began a series titled "White as Snow" last week, and today we're continuing that series. Today's message is titled "God with Us," and this is an appropriate time for this uh, text and message, being uh, Christmas season. The Bible says in Matthew chapter one and verse eighteen: "Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost." Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. In American culture, baby names often originate from either a beloved family member or a famous person, maybe a a person in history or an actor, actress, athlete. Uh, That's how we name children in America. Uh, There are unique names today. It seems like uh, the names are becoming more unique. I don't know if that's just young mothers wanting to be a little different or what, but some of the popular names in 2022 include names like Arlo, Atticus, Felix, uh, Luxury, and Eloise. Those are some of the popular names. Now, in olden times, and especially in Bible times, names were uh, chosen for a reason. There were meanings behind their names. We don't do that so much today, but they did in the olden times and especially in the Bible. You see that throughout Scripture. I'll just give you a few examples. You have Eve. Uh, her husband, Adam, named her Eve because she was the mother of all living. And then you have Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham by God. And Abraham means the father of many nations. And then there was his grandson, Jacob. Jacob's name means supplanter or trickster. God changed his name to Israel, a prince with God. And then you had a character who actually changed her own name, and that is Naomi. She changed her name to Mara, meaning bitter. So you have this throughout the scripture. You have names given and you have meanings behind the names. Now, in the text here in Matthew chapter 21 that I just read, we have two names that are given along with their meanings. First of all, in verse 21, we have the name Jesus. The Bible says, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Here's the meaning for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. And then in verse 23, you have the name Emmanuel, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, the greatest message of hope for the world is contained in those three words we're going to focus on today, God with us. I want to break that 
definition down and look at each word to shed some light on the name Emmanuel. So first of all, we have God, God with us. Christianity is the only religion in the world where God becomes a human being. It is an Old Testament prophecy or promise that is fulfilled in a New Testament person of Jesus Christ. The prophecy is found in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, that was prophesied nearly 800 years before Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. Now here, first of all, we have God, God with us. We see the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is fundamental to our faith. Jesus was more than a man, more than a teacher, more than a good example. He was more than an angel. He was more than some uh, spirit being. He was very God himself. Listen, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The Bible says, God who at sundry or various times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So Jesus Christ was there at creation, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high being made so much better than the angels. You see, Jesus is better than Michael the archangel or Gabriel or any of the other angels. He's greater than them, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he, God, at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Well, the answer is none. He did not say that to any of the angels. And verse 8 says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. So what you have here is you have God the Father referring to God the Son as God. Now, if God calls you God, you're God, all right? He didn't call any of the angels God. He didn't call any of the angels Son, but he does his own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, his deity. And then we have the distinctiveness of Jesus Christ. Now, We read a while ago in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, a virgin shall conceive. And Matthew 1 follows up and tells us that the the, uh, child in the womb of Mary was conceived of the Holy Ghost. What you have happening here is you have the uniting of deity and humanity. It's called in theological terms, the hypostatic union. Hypostatic union means the union or joining of deity and humanity. John writes about this in John chapter 1 and verse 14. John 1, 14 says, and the word, and that, that word word is capitalized in your Bible, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, when we say made flesh or taking on flesh, another word that we use is incarnation. The incarnation of Jesus Christ occurred at Bethlehem when he came in flesh. Now, again, Jesus Christ always has been. He is God. He is outside of time. In fact, that confused the Pharisees when Jesus told them, before Abraham was, I am. 
And that confused them. They thought, well, you were born in Bethlehem in a manger. Well, that was his incarnation. That is when this hypostatic union came about. But Jesus Christ always has been. What you have is God contained in a human body. Now, there had to be something special about that body. Well, what was special about it is it was conceived of the Holy Ghost. It was without sin. All right. That's why God could be contained in that body. God could not be contained in in a body like we have because we are tainted with sin. All right. Because of Adam, sin has uh, contaminated the bodies of all human beings. But Jesus Christ was not uh, contaminated with that sin gene. That's why he is God in flesh, God contained in a body, the hypostatic union. And then you think about the humility involved with that, because you have God leaving his throne in heaven to come and limit himself in a body that would get tired and and uh, wore out and would be uh, betrayed by men and, and that sort of thing. Imagine the humility that took. Well, Paul writes about that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. And here's what Paul writes. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. All right. So God, the son is not less God than God, the father. He's equal with God, just has a different office in the Godhead or the Trinity, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, the likeness of men, he wasn't exactly like us because he wasn't contaminated with sin. Other than that, he had all of the uh, bodily uh, organs and, again, as I said, tiredness and the things that he experienced, uh, being hungry, being thirsty. Christ experienced that. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, there's his humility, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You have here the creator God self-limiting himself to assume the form of his creation. Beloved, I want you to know when we worship Jesus Christ, we have the deity of Christ, the distinctiveness of Christ. Jesus Christ is the very same God who spoke the worlds into existence, the very same God who breathed life into Adam, who shut Noah and his family inside of the ark, who promised to bless Abraham with an everlasting covenant, the same God who wrestled all night with Jacob, who guided Moses and Israel with a cloud by day and a fire by night, who promised King David an everlasting throne, the same God who shut the mouths of the lions while Daniel prayed, the same God who stood with the three Hebrew boys inside of the fiery furnace. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And then we see the word with, God with us. The American Heritage Dictionary defines the word with as to accompany, which means I went with him or went with her, and to possess the man with the red coat or the a woman with blonde hair. Both of these meanings with apply here as we think about God with us. Now, God with us uh, has three principal parts involved in it. First of all, we have the word reconciliation. God with us implies a time when man was without God. 
For the angel to announce this is Emmanuel, God with us, implies that God was not with us for a time. You say, when was God not with humanity? Well, actually, you have a, uh, a span of nearly 4,000 years, all right? You say, how is that? Well, if we go all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 3, we know that God was walking with man. He communed with Adam and Eve. God did. But then something happened. Man sinned. And because of man's sin, that caused that relationship with God to fall. And so Adam plunges all of humanity into sin, and now God, because of sin, has to withdraw from humanity. Of course, God gives the sacrifices and the Old Testament law and those things, but they they could never really bring man to God. They were just a substitute. They were a picture of what was to come. So from the fall in Genesis chapter 3 until the birth of Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter 1, you have a period of nearly 4,000 years when man is without God. That's why this is such a great announcement that God now is with us, and God with us brings reconciliation. You see, as sinners enslaved to sin, enslaved to Satan, we're separated from God. The Bible says that our sins have separated from God. Reconciliation has to take place. Now, God does not have to be reconciled to man, but man has to be reconciled to God. God never moved. It was man who moved, and reconciliation had to take place, or a peace between the two. A person before he or she is saved is an enemy of God. We're at odds with God, but reconciliation has to be made. Now, how could that happen? It can't happen with good works because all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. It doesn't work simply to join a church or to get baptized or to be a good moral person. Those things will not reconcile us to God. The only way reconciliation is possible is for God to become a man. And then he can bring reconciliation between a sinful man and a holy God. We see that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. The Bible says here, Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. So what you have here is the uncircumcised Gentiles and the circumcised Jews. You have a a separation here, all right? So we who are Gentiles are outside of those Jewish promises. Paul goes on to mention that in verse 12. He says that at that time, you were without Christ, no Messiah, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. If if you're a Gentile, you, you have no part in the 12 tribes of Israel. Not only that, you are strangers from the covenants of promise. Those promises to Abraham and to Moses, to David, those things don't apply to Gentiles having no hope and without God in the world. So Gentiles were really uh, in trouble. Now, the Jews didn't realize it, but they were no better. They were closer in that they had all of these things. But if you're an inch from heaven, you may as well be a million miles away from heaven. All right? Either way. Paul goes on to say, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, you Gentiles that were outside of the the promises of Israel are made nigh or near by the blood of Christ. It is his blood that brings us near to God. For he, Christ, is our peace who hath made both one, both Jew and Gentile, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. 
and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Beloved, what I want you to see here is that it is because of Jesus Christ that reconciliation, that peace has been made between God and man. And now that we have reconciliation, God with us, we now have association. God is no longer against us. God is with us. And since God is with us, here's something even better. God is now for us. So before we were saved, God was against us. When we accepted Christ, now God is with us. And now that God is with us, God is for us. He's cheering us on. He's in our corner. I like what Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. He says here, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So now that reconciliation has been made, we have association. God is no longer against us. He is with us. He is for us. And then we have communication. That means God with us and God for us allows open access to the throne of God at any time. Listen, please, to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. The Bible says here, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now, the Jews knew what the high priest was all about. He had a certain duty, and that was especially on the day of atonement to go and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat and then come right back out. And that took care of the sins of the people for a year. But we have a high priest that's better than that. For we have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by that, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus knew what it was like to be tired, to be hungry, to be thirsty, to be betrayed, to be laughed at and, and mocked and all that. He felt all of that, yet without sin, because he did not have that sin DNA in him. He was virgin born. Now, here's the result of all of that. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What that means is we do not have to sneak to the throne of God. We can just bust right on in. It's kind of like your kids. You know, uh, when uh, our children come in to see me, uh, we have three older boys now. And when they were younger, it was this way. And it's still, still that way now. They don't have to say, uh, excuse me, dad, can I talk to you? They don't approach me that way. They come right up and say, hey, dad, I need to ask you something or dad, I need to tell you something. Why? Because they have access to me. I'm their dad. I'm their father. It's open open season. Come anytime you want to see me. It doesn't matter if it's one o'clock in the morning or whenever, you know, I'm, I'm dad. I'm here for you. The same thing applies to our relationship with God. That's why we can go to him in a hospital waiting room at two o'clock in the morning, or maybe uh, you're having a difficult time at work and you can go to God anytime. We can approach his throne boldly, but we can only do that because of Christ, what he has done for us in becoming a man. He is God with us. And now he is also God for us. Let me share the last word with you. And that is the word us. God with us. Now, who is this us? Well, let's go back to our text in Matthew 1 and verse 23. 
Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, it's interesting that you have those words being interpreted. Why would the Holy Spirit plug that part in there? I mean, we don't see that in other places, but here it's expressly, the the Holy Spirit expressly wants to make it clear that Emmanuel being interpreted is God with us. He wants us to be clear about this, God with us. Why? Well, I believe it's because he wants to get it across to all of us that there are no barriers or, or conditions with this. Well, let me give you an example. Maybe this will help. Do you remember, uh, this is in the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus was crucified, they put a sign above him, and the Bible tells us that this sign was written in three languages, Greek and Latin and Hebrew. Now, there was a reason for that. The reason was for all the known languages at that time, for those peoples that would have been there uh, in Rome, those were three languages that people would have spoken and and uh, and and read or written. All right, that this is the king of the Jews, but unknowingly they were announcing he was the king for everyone, both Jew and Gentile. All right, and so I believe when you see this Emmanuel being interpreted as God with us, the us there transcends nationalities, all right? In other words, he is not just God with us being God with the Jews or just God with the Gentiles. He is for both Jews and Gentiles, all right? Transcends nationality. God with us transcends time. It did not simply mean God with us 2,000 years ago uh, just for the apostles or those who were present at the birth of Christ. It applied then. It applies now in 2022, and will in 2023. God with us transcends nationality, transcends time. It transcends social status. You know, Paul writes about this. He says, in Christ, uh, there is neither bond nor free, male or female. Uh, we are all one in Christ Jesus. It transcends age and gender, boy, girl, man, woman. There are no boundaries there. He is God with us. I like that. Let me ask you, are you discouraged today? Let me encourage you with this. God is with us. Are you alone? Do you feel like no one cares? Uh, you say, I'm forsaken. Well, the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. God is with us. Are you fearful? Are you afraid of some things as you see what's going on in our world? You look at the politics. You look at the sickness going on. You look at the financial situations. And boy, it's easy to get fearful. But I want to encourage you, God is with us with us. Are you saved? Do you know that you're going to heaven? I want you to know God is with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you'll repent of your sin, you can receive him today and be saved. John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism, as he lay dying on his deathbed, said these final words, the best of all is God with us. As we go into this Christmas season, and Christmas will be a week from today, the best news of all is God with us. That's better than any other kind of uh, secular song or Christmas gift or anything else. It's knowing that God is with us in the person of 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you accepted him? You can do that today. If you haven't, I encourage you to get that taken care of. Thank you so much for listening to the radio program as well as the Bible Truth Podcast. It's always a joy to be with you. I encourage you to be in church today if you can at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We start with Sunday school classes at nine o'clock for all ages. 10 o'clock will be our morning service. I'll be preaching then. And then we have moved our Sunday evening service to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. This is helping a lot of our folks who uh, have a difficult time driving at night. So if you want to come and join us for our Sunday afternoon service, we invite you to that today at 3 o'clock at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We're located at 817 Woodland Drive, just off of Route 37 South in Mount Vernon. You can call us at 618-244-5404 or find us on the internet at mountvernonbaptisttemple.com. And then at Waltonville Community Church, we begin at 11.15 a.m. We'll be having our Christmas service at Waltonville today. We're having a talent program. Folks will be providing songs and and skits and uh, uh, scripture readings and poems and just having a good time together as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We'll have something special for all of the kids as well. That's at 11.15 at Waltonville Community Church. We're located at 321 South Hiram Street, just across from the Waltonville Cafe. You can contact us at 618. 618- 315-1111 and also find us online at waltonvillecommunitychurch.com Finally, I want to thank all of those who listen and pray for the program those who also support us financially with your gifts. You've helped us get through another year of paying for the radio uh, program plus we added the Bible Truth Podcast that people can listen to at any time on their uh, portable devices and we could not do that without the gifts of God's people and we want you to know how much we appreciate it. If you want to help support the program here at the end of the year. Uh, That would be wonderful. You can listen to the announcer as he will give you the contact information and any gift is appreciated, goes right back into helping us to continue preaching and teaching God's word on the radio and on the Bible Truth Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Lord's Day. I look forward to being with you again next Sunday. Until that time, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.